Welcome to Optivate, a podcast for mobile marketers brought to you by Remerge. Take a short break from your screen and listen to what's working in mobile marketing and what's not, straight from the people who are doing it now. Are you ready? Let's get started. Welcome to the Aptivate podcast. My name is Pan and I'm the co-founder and CEO of Remerge. And this time I'm excited to be hosting this session, not on the other side getting interviewed. I think it was episode 100. But now we have a very special guest here to discuss the Google privacy sandbox, like the currently big uh, thing and theme uh, in the industry. So we have here Amit from Google and Nit, uh, Nif from AppsFlyer. So what they are doing and who they are, maybe they say by themselves. So Amit, maybe you can give a quick introduction who you are and what your role is at Google. Yeah, absolutely. So first off, Pan, thanks for having me. It's really great to be here and chat with you guys today. So my name is Amit Varya. I'm a director of product management on the Privacy Sandbox. My team specifically is looking at relevance and delivery solutions. So that includes things like the topics, API, protected audiences, and some other areas. Wonderful. And Nif, so who are you? Uh, pleasure to meet you and thank you for having me, first of all. I'm a product team lead at AppSlayer, who's a mobile measurement partner. And my job specifically is to be responsible on the audiences team, which is AppSlayer's segmentation tool, as well as the incrementality team, which is AppSlayer's lift measurement tool. And specifically for Android Privacy Sandbox, I am leading everything related to the protected audience API formerly known as Fletch. Correct. That would be already the first thing. So you are covering already a lot of the privacy-related topics about data and the future of data. And obviously, AppsFlyer and Google are likely very good, well-known names here in the industry. So it's great to be sitting together and talking about the sandbox with two of the big relevant players for the mobile industry. So as we said, we want to talk about the privacy sandbox and the protected audience API, maybe more in specific. It was called Fletch before. It was just being renamed recently, I think two or three weeks ago. But I think like the concept is still the same. But maybe we go just one step back. So the Privacy Sandbox project, Amit, you have maybe invented it or was part of the team. So what is it? I definitely joined the initiative well into its progress. So definitely not one of the creators of this. I want to give credit due to where it's deserved. But what is the Privacy Sandbox? And so really what it is, it's an initiative by Google where we're focusing on building these different types of technologies that will protect users' privacy online, while also providing companies and developers the tools they need to build thriving digital businesses. So if we look at Android specifically, since we're on Aptivate, zooming into the Android side of things, really, this is going to be this multi-year effort that we're underway to build private advertising technologies that limit the sharing of user data with third parties And also, they operate without using any of these cross-app identifiers like advertising ID. The one thing I'll hit on really is that I'd love for everyone to think of these technologies as building blocks that app developers and ad tech companies will use to build their private advertising solutions. Yeah, why is the shift happening now? Like, why are we changing now the complete stack of how advertising worked also on the mobile ecosystem? It's a very common question we often get here. So I think the industry's evolved over the last 20 years with the existing technologies that are out there. It's always a good chance for us to reevaluate what more we can do. But what I would say is there are a bunch of other things that are happening. So we're seeing this greater shift towards privacy protections because users are just themselves becoming more aware 
of how valuable their own data is and how it's being collected and how it's being used. So as a result, we're actually seeing people demand more transparency and control over their data, especially when it comes to online advertising. The other thing I'll hit on, though, is that it's not just users. We're actually seeing advancements in technologies, specifically privacy-enhancing technologies that make it possible for these businesses to collect and use data in a way that's more privacy-respectful. So this is great because it actually means these businesses can still meet their objectives without having to compromise user privacy. So overall, we see this as the shift towards greater privacy protection as something that we want to invest in while still helping businesses thrive in this digital economy. Yeah, you named already like privacy compliance and giving like more security on the user side. Do you see like any more advantages of that new framework compared to where we are right now? There's definitely going to be better user controls, transparency, and ability to manage their agency. I would think with businesses, we're starting to see ways that they can use these technologies that we're building to be able to build their business and their business on top of and technologies and solutions on top of. I think this is ultimately moving to this world where we can go about letting technologies thrive or letting businesses thrive. We can make sure that businesses have an opportunity to build for the evolving regulations and all the other things that are happening in the economy across the world while still focusing on enhancing users' privacy. Yeah. And if maybe from your perspective, obviously you are in the midst of that, a lot of things are changing. Do you see already right now some advantages, maybe on a more practical side of things? Or? Yeah. So to reiterate what Amit have said, definitely we see this whole move towards privacy from one hand that we all understand is very good for consumers. And then businesses are worried about how they're going to face these different uh, regulations and, and privacy restrictions and so forth. And I think the big news here is, uh, as Amit said, we can prepare in advance to actually have the infrastructure for this future infrastructure, which is much more private and enable businesses to grow without being worried about compromising user privacy. So I think these are, in fact, the, the building blocks that will help us work now in order to have a much efficient process later on. So maybe just like get more specific about it. Obviously, that was very high level. But what is exactly changing right now? Maybe Nif, you just want to continue? For sure. So I think for us to understand the impact, first, maybe we can go over quickly about the current use of Google Advertising IDs and what are the main things they are responsible for with this mobile ecosystem or mobile advertising. So Google Advertising IDs are cross-app identifiers for a device, and they're used for a few main things. One of them is attribution or understanding the effectiveness of advertising. So both advertisers and publishers are using that to connect ad engagement, ad views and ad clicks and so forth with actions that are then being made within apps app installs, purchasing different products, and so on. And they are crucial to understand these user journeys and understand how much is an ad effective in creating purchases in the app, as an example. Then Google Advertising IDs are also used in what we call a remarketing, which is everything around advertising to existing users. So actually, a lot of the ads are targeted at existing users, not only to new users, especially on verticals such as e-commerce and so forth. And to do that, first of all, 
advertisers are segmenting users according to specific traits. So just as an example, all users who have added to card but have not yet to complete a purchase, and then also communicate these audiences to the different ad networks that can then personalize ads towards these users. Last but not least, Google advertising ideas are used for cross-app data sharing for ad optimization and targeting. So they allow advertiser apps on one hand and publisher apps on the other hand, communicate which relevant actions can help optimize the ads other side. So for example, have the context of which ad is best fitting for which user based on different interests. That said, definitely the Android privacy sandbox have the privacy enhancing technologies to answer each one of these scenarios. Yeah, now it's getting interesting. So this all goes away, right? Which sounds like, okay, I, I cannot do anything anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but now it's getting interesting. So how will it change? And Amit, maybe you can give an overview of the different solutions, just in a high level, what you are thinking of. First off, Nip, thanks. That was a great overview of the use cases. And I think this goes to how, from our perspective and on our side, we're going to be working closely with marketers and ad techs as we experiment, create these solutions, evolve these solutions. And ultimately, we were focusing on these solutions that don't rely on cross-app identifiers. It's like the advertising ID that Nivy were talking about. And we're going to provide the privacy sandbox APIs as the building blocks. If I were to focus on some of the most significant changes, it's really the areas around kind of introducing more on-device storage and computation of certain workflows. So that way, we can give users more control. We can limit the amount of data that needs to be shared. And instead of having this all happen as it does today in third-party environments that users probably don't even know about, I'll give a couple of good examples of this one. So one of them is protected audience, formerly known as Fledge. But protected audience, really what we're doing is we're bringing that idea of building those audiences and those segments onto the device. So the joining and leaving of what we call custom audiences now happen on the device. Similarly, for that measurement use case, we have the attribution API. And so the attribution API comes about where we can bring the work of recording and matching ad events to those conversion events from external parties on the device as well. That's probably one of the big shifts there. As we look to continue supporting the key use cases that the industry knows and loves, it's going to be making sure we use some of these newer technologies and newer solutions and adapt them to how these APIs work. So we'll continue to build and test and design all of these solutions with the ecosystem and continue to evolve this based on the feedback we get. But really, we're starting to focus on how do we bring those types of use cases more onto the device where it makes sense for users and for privacy. Okay, I understood. So that means one of the key elements is really, okay, use this device more for transacting the methods that usually have been done on the server side of some providers. And that was where the data got flown and out of the control of the user. So now it's being like on the device, things are happening there. And that way also the data is not being able to just like get out of that device, right? So it's controlled there in that environment. So now it's like interesting, I believe. Okay, practically, where are we right now? Can we say already how attribution is working or how retargeting is being done in that environment? Uh, Nif, maybe you have practical ideas? Yeah, definitely. So I will try to keep it at a high level, not to spend the whole hour on these uh, attribution practices. Obviously, I can already 
say that we welcome anyone who wants to discuss this with us. And there's a lot of effort going around education. And I'm sure we'll discuss this later. But generally speaking, the main move also in attribution is from device level reporting to aggregated reports. A bit similar to what we experienced in iOS, but with differences, we'll have a designated attribution API on the Android Privacy Sandbox that will allow for both aggregated reports according to very flexible aggregation levels and event level reports to communicate events at the click ID to the partner ad networks. So this is one. Then uh, MMPs will still have the traditional place of determining who wins a specific attribution and ad install or engagement in the event that a few ad networks are competing for the same event. So same as today, users might view an ad on one network and then click an ad on another network and the day after and click another ad on another network and so forth. So the MMPs could still run their algorithms in determining who the credit should go to from these different interactions. And then it's important to say that also there are still other ways of attribution. For example, uh, Google Play's store refer, which is today responsible for around 30% of attributions. And we have other sources like the events happening in the app that might be challenging to dedupe when advertisers would want to see one holistic picture of their marketing. And in similar to iOS, we have mechanisms to dedupe these and provide single source of truth uh, reporting out of the different data sources. So in a nutshell, this is how it's going to work. With attribution. Now, on the other hand, like the targeting mechanisms, what we used to know before, specifically what we saw, what we talked earlier, the retargeting, but also UA, like how will it change compared to how it looks right now? Again, we can maybe split retargeting and UAE just for the sake of understanding. And Amit can uh, keep me honest here. But for the case of retargeting, the main new concept, as I mentioned already, is having the audiences on device, meaning the app itself or app slayer on the app developer's behalf or any other on device entity could join users to audiences with fetching relevant metadata from the advertising partners. Meaning, imagine the device itself have a list of audiences for the the device itself, but also with the ads that are intended to be shown to these users and the logic for when to show the ad and specific bidding signals, for example, geolocation provided by the publisher, or LTV score provided by the advertiser, and then enable very limited access to these audiences just for the sake of selecting the right ad. So it does require all parties to move some of the logic to be on device. And this is what we're very busy in defining nowadays, which is also super interesting. And then it actually enables to do retargeting, same as it being done today, and actually even better but without sharing any cross-up device mm-hmm. IDs. Now, for the case of uh, UA, I think the big change here is that publisher networks today have a lot of user-level data they can use to understand what interests the user. 
right? So they have the engagement with the ads themselves. They have different actions that users are making across apps. And then they can determine that a certain user is interested in a certain type of game other than another type of game. And another user is interested in, in completely other types of products and then match the ads to the users. And now they will need to depend on slightly other signals. One is everything that is enabled through the attribution reporting API, event level reports, and so on. Other attribution types, such as with the player referrer, first party contextual data that they have. Each of these apps also have contextual data on the users themselves. And last but not least, the new topics API that again, with privacy preserving technologies can testify according to the apps that are already installed on the device. What are the top interests of this device? Again, only for on-device auctions without exposing this data outside of the device. I think that was a great summary. It sounded like you worked at Google, Niff, <laughs> right? Uh, Such a great job. Uh, is there anything to add, maybe, from your perspective, what uh, Niff has missed? That was definitely a great summary. I think it's always great as we see partners engage and lean into these technologies. It really, Niff did a great job of showcasing how the technologies themselves aren't standalone solutions, right? It's not a drop-in replacement for UA, for retargeting, for any of these specific cases. It really is that building block and the ingenuity and the creativity of the ecosystem is really going to be what is going to allow these solutions to shine. So I'll hit a little bit on protected audience. The most common way we tend to think about this is from a retargeting, remarketing perspective. But I think Nev, you did a great job outlining and hitting on things like using insights like lifetime value, the types of audiences that you're able to build with the protected audience API really are just going to be based on the relationship the app developer has with their users and allow them to activate that through protected audiences and be able to reach them across other apps. So I think that's definitely a very, very powerful piece there. On the attribution side, the attribution APIs, both with the on-device capabilities and with the aggregation reporting capabilities, I think, Niv, that you hit on, really will bring about ways that, that ad tech can go about measuring performance I just wanted to maybe hit on when it comes to the aggregation side, we talked a lot about on-device capabilities, but we're also layering in protected environments that run in what we call trusted execution environments or T's, something like the aggregation service for the attribution API, which runs in a cloud environment inside of a trusted execution environment and allows ad tech and app developers to go about getting even more insightful reporting from their attribution. So that could be things like being able to get more data about purchase activity. The last thing, we're talking a lot about these APIs and how these APIs can really help the ecosystem. The one last thing I'll, I'll hit on here as well is going to be the SDK runtime, which is the fourth area in our solutions. And so with the SDK runtime, we're also going to be providing an environment and a process really for third-party code to be able to run, for these SDKs to run separately from app codes, from the app developer's code itself. So Actually, the nice thing with the SDK runtime, in addition to running in an isolated process, it will also allow for easier distribution methods for these SDKs to be able to update their SDKs outside of updates to the app itself. And it'll also allow for Android to provide the right layers of protection around how these SDKs operate. 
So just one more piece of technology that I wanted to make sure we highlight across the portfolio of what we're building for Privacy Sandbox on Android. Great. I think you named it already. And when we were listening to the whole topics and who like all the process steps that are involved in that, the big question is also in the industry, if you look at the landscape, there are so many partners, providers, app developers, everybody working there. And the question is, okay, how can we get like everybody on board and, and what's the process behind it? Obviously, what everybody is you know, has the experience is with Apple, just like, okay, saying next iOS version, this and that is in it now, take it. And obviously, Google has taken a different approach in here but still it would be interesting i think specifically like also for the audience to understand how can we get towards that goal that everything works and there is a seamless uh, transition to that future yeah so, I mean, maybe no. you can describe like what's the how the idea is and then niv can say what the reality is <laughs> yeah <laughs> this is going to be one where niv you keep me honest um <laughs> but i think you know we definitely we want to avoid taking a blunt approaches towards this it's apparent to us that we have to work with and we want to work with the industry uh just a little bit of background for myself while i've worked in ad tech I've worked in search. And so when it came to the privacy sandbox, I realized that there's a lot I can learn from the industry. There's a lot of nuance. This is an industry that's been built up over 20 years. And so working with companies across the board, across all different types of DSPs, MMPs, SSPs, and many more, it really gives us a chance to make sure that we understand the use cases, the how businesses operate. It also gives us a chance to make sure as we're developing these technologies, We're incorporating that feedback into the design, ensuring that we can provide the right privacy guardrails to our designs, but still enable the businesses to thrive. So this is definitely an important piece for us. So a common question we often get, you're asking here, Pan, how are we bringing the ecosystem along, is really making sure we take a responsible path forward in how we go about designing our solutions involving the ecosystem, making sure changes to our designs, updates to our designs are communicated well in advance to allow for the industry to be able to adapt to it, prepare for it. So this is something that is core to our culture and how we are approaching this initiative. So you're going to see us continue to engage with the ecosystem. This is a great opportunity for us to be able to get that message out. So again, thanks, Pan. But it is important for us to find ways to be able to make sure our message, our voice is going out to the community, encouraging them to get involved sooner than later, help inform the designs as opposed to wait for the designs to be codified. So I'll just highlight one big piece here is that we actually entered the beta for the Privacy Sandbox on Android the beginning of this year in February. So when it comes to how to engage, the opportunities are there today. If you're an app developer or if you're a third-party SDK developer, the idea here is start looking, start inquiring about Privacy Sandbox. Take a look at the materials we have on the Developers for Android Central site, DAC, as we call it. It's a great way for you to start learning about the technologies, reading about how we've designed the technologies. And then there are going to be opportunities for you to get feedback directly from that site, but as well in other forms that we will have throughout the years. So definitely a great way for the ecosystem to get involved. Yeah. And one example is actually Remerge and AppsFlyer and Google are working together to get like proof of concept with a custom audience. So, I mean, how do you see the process? How is it working as a specific example like this, right? So I think we have been doing that since the beginning of the year or maybe like end of the year, we started the discussions. And now I think teams are working together regularly with regular calls. So, but you are more involved in that. So maybe I'll give you a perspective. 
Thank you. So first of all, again, to reiterate on what Amit have said, a lot of these concepts are proposals that still need to go through a lot of implementation details on each and every different party. And we do have a complex ecosystem with different parties working in different ways. And I think the collaboration is really key here in order to whenever these changes go into effect to be ready and maintain all our businesses and as we intend to do. And we all share mutual goals and mutual customers and so forth. So a very good example is, for example, our uh, proof of concept with Remerge. Uh, shout out to the amazing team at Remerge and working closely with members of Amit team, which are also a pleasure to work with to take specific use cases such as the retargeting case through protected audience API and using the available beta 400 privacy sandbox to create prototypes, get our hands dirty and actually calling the APIs, making sure everything works, surfacing things either between Remerge and AppSphere teams in this example and making sure the integration holds and also for the Android team that are very happy to provide feedback and help us understand what's the best way to implement certain elements and so forth. So we had an amazing experience working together and we obviously are in discussions with many other parties and we're welcoming anyone who's listening who is not yet in contact with us to join forces and join the next rounds of testing. Yeah, and I think at least what I heard, and that was kind of a surprise, is exactly that during that process, the testing, what we do, the feedback we give also back, it's really being taken seriously by Google and implemented, which the things are being changed. Yeah. So if we see that something is a bit too slow, if that's too complicated or it doesn't fit the user journey, that things are being adjusted so that we can implement that, that they are working technically and so on. Right. So I was kind of surprised about that iteration process, but everybody's moving fast and that's a good sign, I think. That's also the way to include the industry, right? I mean, you can just share a little bit more about that, but I can only share that I also see that practically that is not something, okay, we do and test whatever is out there, but we can also build that together. Yeah, I'll just add on to, you know, it's been great getting feedback from folks like Remerge and from AppsFlyer, but we've been getting feedback from hundreds of different developers out there. And that's actually been super encouraging because it's helped us identify, great, the fundamentals are there, Things are working. There's user journeys, as you said, making sure we understand them end to end. Building that empathy for understanding that allows us to then incorporate that feedback into our designs, make the adjustments that we need to. So I think I've actually been incredibly excited by the collaboration and the engagement we've seen from the community so far. I'm heavily interested in encouraging more, more engagement, wanting to make sure we're hearing voices from across the community and across the ecosystem. So I think for sure that has been helping us as we start to feel more confident about our designs for these different areas. If I would be an app developer, so is there anything for me to do exactly already right now? Because it sounded like still also this is very early with the implementation. What would you recommend in doing as an app developer? Maybe NIF, you're very close with a lot sure. of them. <laughs> Definitely. And I'm happy to say we get a lot of interest and questions and things like that. So I think the first step, as always, is education. We try to educate where we can, but also, as Amit mentioned, there is a lot of documentation on the Android website and other places. 
to help each app developer first understand the concepts, then map the critical areas within their own product that they think will be influenced by this. For example, in the case of attribution, they can definitely map where are they using user level signals. Can they somehow mock or use aggregated reports already within certain limitations and test if it holds or no, just as an example, and just make sure you're getting ready. And then also look within or get in touch with their technology partners, advertising partners, and so forth to make sure they are first getting ready for the change and then also are aware of specific requirements they have. So in similar ways in which we just discussed AppSlyer or Emerge surfacing things to each other or to the Android team, we need to create this cycle of, for example, AppSlyer customers saying whatever, I'm an e-com client and I have this and this specific request, does it hold, does it not hold? And then it will help us create uh, better products ahead of time. So I would say education and starting to fill the water around this, I think now is the right time for that. The idea around it is obviously we are now sticking together. Uh, we have everything in place. The question is on the timeline and also for the app developers, the app marketers, when is it good enough to go all in in that new field? And the question was around if the performance is not good enough, if the scale is not there yet, is there something like a threshold 10% worse and we will still go it? If it's 30% worse, maybe we will do some more iterations or we will just like stick to the timeline that is available on your website where everybody knows. So what's the idea and the thinking behind it? That's a great question, right? So I, I don't know if we're looking at it at that specific of a nature. I think if I were to zoom out, first thing I would say is like, we want to make sure that the technologies themselves are ready and we want to get them in place. So that's where the engagement with the ecosystem is our priority right now and what we're focusing on. Building on Niv, kind of what you were saying before, I think for app developers that rely on ad tech partners, I would love to just echo what you were saying, which is the key questions to be asking your partners are going to be, how are you planning for a privacy-preserving future? When can you start testing? Because that will help encourage the ecosystem as well to invest in this space. When it comes to how do we want to define ready enough and how do we want to think about this, this is going to be something that as we spend time with the ecosystem, as we work through their use cases, as everyone starts to spend more time looking at the APIs, integrating them into their existing solutions or building new solutions on top of that, it's going to allow us to better understand the industry being ready itself. And so this is why we're taking a super collaborative approach is to ensure that we want to make sure that the industry and the ecosystem comes along with us and is ready for, as we announce updates in this area, in terms of timelines and things like that. That's generally how we're looking at this right now. And our focus, it really is making sure that we get the industry feedback on the APIs themselves, the solutions, make sure we can address those things within the designs. That's great. Then obviously, okay, we have everything in place. Everything is good. We are doing that maybe two, three, four, five years. How will it look like? How will the ecosystem look like? Is everybody happy? Are the users happy? Are they engaged with the ads because it's so privacy friendly? It's, it's more like, yeah, I guess also how the ecosystem looks like. Maybe it's not sure if you have a view on that. Obviously, it touches a lot of the ideas around why we are doing that, why we are making the move now after 20 years and with the new technology, which is out there. But maybe, yeah, emit first on maybe the vision by Google. One thing I would maybe start with here is that we definitely see this as a journey. Right. So this is going to be something that 
with the past 20 years, the solutions, the technologies, and the businesses that have been built. And if we look at the next 20 years and with a solutions that better protect users' privacy, the evolution of that that will happen over the coming years really is going to be something where we ourselves see this as a net benefit to everybody, a net benefit to users with increased privacy, increased transparency in all aspects. We also see the opportunities for businesses to build on privacy-enhancing technologies like the Privacy Sandbox. And we often talk about rebuilding or migrating existing use cases, but we're also starting to hear about new opportunities for ad tech to be able to help app developers monetize and reach their audiences using these technologies with greater accuracy, with more capabilities. Because by moving to more private solutions, some of these areas that were harder to do before are now easier to do in a more private way. So we actually are hoping to see more and more evolution of solutions that the industry can provide to help app developers across the board. And ultimately, really, we want to continue to invest in finding new and innovative ways to bring better privacy to everybody. And so better protection of data for users, better protection of data for app developers. We continue to see and we believe that we're going to see this evolution continue to happen. So this ability to help everybody over time is a journey that we started maybe in the last couple of years here, but really we're just at the onset of it. So there's still so much more that we expect to unlock over the coming years. That will be interesting. Uh, Nif, obviously in our industry, we know everybody. Do you think somebody will get wiped out with that move, with that change, at least the fraudsters uh, or so, which might be around, right? Or anything else, what, what maybe your view on this uh, to add here? I really like uh, Ahmed's view on things. I definitely agree. This is an opportunity. As you previously said, this is not kind of a one-sided step. We definitely see this as an opportunity for everyone to plan ahead. I'm in this industry for many years as well. This is quite unique that we can pause for a second and actually think of the next five years, of yeah. the next 10 years, what building block do we need? And definitely businesses will need to adapt. But I also feel many businesses will grow from that, especially as we see a lot of other advancements in other fields, right? Today, there is huge technological advancement alongside privacy-related technology. You have AI, you have other things that can help you reach, for example, if I take it to ad tech, you can reach better performance with less data and so forth. So I also see a bright future and hard work in the near term that will allow us to grow faster yet later. Yeah, I also think like, I mean, when, when looking at that and also, as you said, if we dig deeper into the technology and what to do there, I think you need to have a technical savvy partner who understand everything, who implement that, right? Which was maybe different from the past where you had like old scrappy technology and then somehow you could build your things together and then it worked out. But now obviously like it's a, it's a well-designed, okay, next level thing with leveraging exactly the latest trends in technology and the latest developments. So the solutions will be a level up of what we have right now. So I think that investment also needs to be done. And exactly how Amit said, it will be then a net positive for everybody involved, yeah, not for one specific partner in the ecosystem and that whole value chain, but specifically, and I think one of the good things, also the end user, uh, the user who sees the ads, who transacts with the ads, who engages. And that's, I think, like much needed development likely, right? So a lot of things happened there. 
Great. So we covered, I think, like a really good summary of everything. So if we missed anything, maybe Nif, from your perspective, as the sandbox summary, anything to add? I do think there are all kinds of more of the technical details that might relate to different parts of the ecosystem. So just mention that we're very happy to discuss with anyone really who wants to get involved and collaborate. So just ping us and we'll make these uh, conversations happen. And I greatly enjoyed the discussion. Thank you, Nif. Amit, anything to add? I'm going to say something similar to Niv here, but I will say we recognize on the Android side that this is not a overnight change, right? This is going to take time. But on the developer side, this is also going to be an investment. So starting earlier than later and involving the right teams is probably going to be the best strategy out there. So as you go to learn, we also offer developer.android.com where a lot of our documentation is already available. We're continuing to expand on it, providing more details throughout this year about the solutions, about the APIs, how to use them. Really want to encourage those out there that haven't spent too much time exploring the privacy sandbox. Take some time, read through it. We've got different levels of material out there to slowly introduce you into the technical depths, but we also have very technical details and technical descriptions out there on the specifics of the APIs. So great opportunity, get started today. And of course, if there are questions, if there's feedback on the Android side, there's ways to provide feedback directly from that site. But of course, we'll be, I'm sure we'll be communicating more and more with the community overall in the coming months to come. So super excited, really great to be able to be here today. So Pan and Niv, thanks again, like super great conversation. Wonderful. All right, Amit, Niv, Thank you so much for taking the time and uh, yeah, guiding us through that whole journey. And maybe we sit together here in a couple of months or next year, and then we'll see where we are and if everything is bright and shiny and great, or if we have to iterate again, like, okay, what were the four APIs at the beginning and where are we now? But I'm confident. I'm looking forward. Uh, I wish us all the best and also all the listeners who want to get some guidance there. We do our best to guide you through that field. So thank you everyone for listening and yeah, speak to you soon. Thanks for taking a break with us and listening to our weekly episode of Activate by Remerge. If you enjoyed what you heard, leave us a five-star review on iTunes and tell your friends about the podcast. The more people you tell, the further we can spread these awesome mobile marketing insights. See you next week.